Welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and this is a place for real deal conversations on surviving life in our 20s and beyond. We are here to redefine the it girl mentality of high expectations and a perfect aesthetic because after all, we are all simply trying. And today's guest, the beautiful, the wonderful Kayla Rose, is the perfectly aligned guest and the topics we share about today are so chef's kiss perfection for this exact reason of the podcast. I'm so excited for you all to listen and take away all the tangible tips and tricks she shares as well as just the overall inspiration, empowerment, and motivation that this just angel of a human being shares with us. I left this episode on cloud nine just personally feeling so inspired and empowered Uh, Kayla is just wonderful. I mean, she is a content creator. She is the host of Skinny Dipping Podcast and the top 0.5% of podcasts in the world currently. And after talking with her and listening to it myself, I immediately understood why. Kayla shares just the most tangible and tactical ways of moving through these experiences and the wisdom that she has picked up because of them. In this conversation particularly, we are talking about her experience with pole dancing and the art and beauty of challenging yourself, redefining limiting beliefs, shifting your views when it comes to body image and what you're capable of. We discuss healing the nervous system, working through anger and tips and tricks for how to really learn to self-soothe and regulate your emotions. We discuss habits and building structure and routine and just everything that is like the beautiful chaos of learning about yourself in life, of this self-discovery journey that so many of us are on and more so how to do that with intention behind it and really really learn from the lessons along the way. So I'm not going to give too much away because this is truly a spectacular episode, but you'll find links for everything down below from my social media to Kayla, uh, the offering she has, her, her podcast, all the goods. In the meantime, if you do want to follow along and or just see what see what things are like as you're listening to this episode, I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels, spelled below. Kayla is on is on there at SundazedKK. So definitely check us both out, tag us, reach out if you listen. We would love to hear your thoughts. And with that being said, let's dive right in. Maybe a week or two ago, I saw in your stories that you were like graduating or concluding some sort of like self-expression, like pole class. And I, if you could like walk us through that experience, what prompted you to do it? What was it like? It is something that I, like, I've been curious about it for like probably one or two years now, but I just, I don't know. I haven't really seen too many other people online in my like circle, at least sharing about it. So can you like walk us through that to start things off (laughs) and introduce yourself, I suppose, with that, but let's dive right into it. First of all, hey guys, I'm Kayla. (laughs) Um, I love pole. Oh my gosh. So I love that you brought that up because I feel like my pole journey was such like a a parallel to my actual mental health journey and like just what I was experiencing at the time. And I basically decided to sign up for it because I saw my teacher on an Instagram reel. Somebody shared her. I saw that she lived on Maui and I was like that 
that that's what I want to do. A hundred percent. Like she was like a fairy. Like, I mean, I love the sexy pole girlies strippers. I love them. Like they're a fucking amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like, but I saw this girl doing ba- like almost ballet contemporary dance on the pole. And I was like, that's for me. Like I grew up dancing. I still am a dancer. I would very much so consider that a huge part of my identity and, and my sense of self. And I saw that, you know, she was amazing. And I took some privates from her and then me and her were talking all business things. And she ended up kind of, um, deciding to do a little boot camp, like a little pole boot camp, like, a, and I just thought that was the coolest thing because as adults, like we just don't get camp. Like we don't get to like go to camp and like experience what it feels like to work towards something and then have a performance at the end. And I was like, I miss that. Like I grew up doing musical theater summer camp where we would, you know, work all summer and then have a show at the end. And this really brought me back to that like inner child moment where I was like, yes, like this is amazing. Um, So I decided to do the whole pole journey and I had no experience, never had been on a pole I had a lot of limiting beliefs around like my strength, my arm strength. It's really hard. Like it's really like mind over matter in that moment. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever tried pull at all? Like even gotten on one to spin? No, because of those same limiting beliefs. Like my best friend, Chris, he will go up to like a stop sign. That's not even a round pole. He'll grip like a stop sign pole and literal do pole. Like he's amazing. He eventually got himself his own pole for his apartment. But like, I would not even try because I'm like, I can't do it. So I love that mindset shift for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely was really had that mindset. I was like, how am I supposed to perform something? Like I do not have the skills, the technique, the strength. And my teacher, she's actually like a very like spiritual being, spiritual queen. And she had us write down like all our limiting beliefs around pole and what was standing in our way and what we were afraid of. And and then kind of just asking ourselves if we were willing to put that to the side for the four weeks and be like, OK, I'm just going to show up as best as I can each day. And some days that looked like me showing up for pole and us literally doing like two two tricks and and then I couldn't do anything more because my arms wouldn't hold me up and then other days it looked like us running through a whole routine and it wasn't like this gradual journey it was like one day I did amazing one day I did terrible one day I did amazing one day I was like nah just struggling and tired and I think you know that's really just an example for anything that you're doing that's new like when I was first learning how to surf a couple years ago like I sucked so badly and you have to suck at things to get good at them eventually. And it was just a really liberating experience to release the imperfection, uh, release the perfectionism and be like, okay, I'm going to do this because this is cool and this is fun. And even though it's sore and it hurts and it's not easy, I think that this is a really special thing to work towards. So it was a really cool experience. Honestly, I'm, I'm so, I think everyone, if anyone's thinking about doing poll, I literally have had like so many followers of mine, like message me and being like, I went to a poll class and like sent me their videos. And I was like, yeah, so I was like, wait, that's amazing. Like, that's so cool. Oh, that is beautiful. And I a hundred percent agree. Like it is just that even the, the mindset of like, I'm going to try something. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm not sure how things are going to go, but to at least show up and to at least try, like, I think it's also just like a good sort of like mental, emotional practice for yourself too, of like, showing up and committing to something and that like growing learning process because we also as we grow up like I mean there's always more things to learn but 
it's not as often that we get to like be put in a new environment to learn something or to grow in like a new way. So I think even that like physical aspect of like going to a boot camp for dance, or if it's like a month of doing this physical activity or learning a new language, whatever it is, like just finding little ways to challenge yourself can be so beautiful. And I know like Jay Shetty, I know you like Jay Shetty. Um, (laughs) His episode on like the difference or understanding your comfort levels versus like when to challenge yourselves yourself. I don't know if you listened to that one, but I've just been have been ruminating and thinking on that for the last few weeks now. And I love that this is like a prime example of that, like getting out of your comfort zone, doing something that's going to challenge you and then you grow because of it. So that's totally. Yeah, no, I first of all, loved that episode. Love Jay Shetty. I think as adults, like we don't want to do things we're not good at because And we also have this, I feel like there's this very like common like collective theme that people like you can only be good at something if you started it when you were young. And I feel like that is just so not true. And although like as somebody who grew grew up doing like dance and playing piano and I know like, yeah, obviously doing it when I was younger made it set into my subconscious, set into like my body so much more that I don't really have to think about it now. It doesn't necessarily mean that if somebody were to start today at piano, that if they were committed, they wouldn't surpass me within a year with where I'm at. Because I think that it just isn't about it isn't about just starting young. I think you can really pick something up at any point in your life. I saw this whole TikTok the other day of this girl who is a Dallas Cowboys dancer. And she literally just started dancing three years ago. And I bet everyone else who is like a a crazy Dallas Cowboys dancer, like started when they were super young because like they grew up training. But this girl said she just like she showed the clips and she was so bad when she first started. Like she did not have groove like she did not have groove technique rhythm like she was not a dancer like it was not in her body but she wanted it so badly and she would show up to class every single week and she has all these videos of her just improving and seeing it before your eyes is so amazing and then like four three and a half four years later she's literally living out her dream and being able to dance professionally and it's like it's not about you know who's the best it's about who works the hardest and who wants it the most and and who is going to show up and be resilient because yeah talent is great but self-disciplined and that like drive and that energy is really what sets people apart from you know getting to where they want to go which is just so cool to see you know so I think I'm going to continue my pole journey and I'm I'm hoping to get really good like that is like I really want to be a beautiful pole dancer like and be able to do cool tricks and flips and I think as long as I stay committed and stay disciplined I know it's going to happen for me Truly, 100%. And I think just more so like that, what you just said right there is just like chef's kiss perfection. The idea of like, we hold ourselves back in so many ways for like those exact reasons you were just saying. And at the end of the day, when we're not like making progress, and we're not moving forward, and we're feeling stuck a lot of the times, like, we know this, and yet it can be so hard to admit it, like we are the obstacle in our own way. And it is for what you just said right there. You know what I mean? Like we we tell ourselves we can't do it. We say we can't do it. We make an excuse or we refuse to make this little shift that could make it possible. Like there's just so many ways we are our own, like standing in our own way. And that is a beautiful example of that. And as someone who has said for years now, I cannot dance. And I've been so afraid to do any of that. I'm going to 2023, I'm stating it right here will be the year that I actually 
try with dancing and I commit and I find some local lessons. Like I just, I fucking want to, and that's inspiring me too. So that little blurb aside, I love it. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. I think the best thing honestly is to practice yes and show up but also watch videos watch other people like watch other people doing what you want to do and observe them and be like what what are they doing what undulations are they doing I feel like I do that with surfing I um, grew up on Maui but I am not like I did not grow up surfing so I had a huge blockage around surfing because I grew up in Hawaii but did not like surf and I feel like that was kind of an embarrassing thing for me I was like everyone surfs all my friends are amazing surfers and I learned during COVID. It was like my little COVID project. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like overcome this fear and lots of panic attacks later, to be honest. But now I like love surfing and it's one of the most beautiful things in my life. And I'm not the fucking craziest surfer ever, but like I can vibe and I can shred like on some days. And I love to watch videos of other people longboarding on, on, you know, TikTok and reels. And I notice it helps me get better by just observing other people. So with dance, I feel like it's the same. Like if you watch dancers, like, and you pay attention to what they're doing and why they're doing it like you pick some of that up subconsciously you got this dude you got this i really want we it hope. for you <laughs> we hope I want it for you you can even Thank go to you. a heels class like a sexy like heels class empowerment like they're not yeah even, they make my friend suggest my friend suggested that and i i was like i don't know i'm also i'd have to i'd have to gain some confidence and even being good in heels i'm one of those like i grew up just like barefoot everywhere like <laughs> i'm just like who knows? But, but no, I do love that. And I, uh, um, I wanted to shift real quick because before I forgot about this segment, part of what was also inspiring to me about doing the pole class and everything for that for you. And what has also been a block for me and is going to be a block for me, even when it comes to like going to a dance class this year, honestly, is the connection and relationship I have to my body. And so I'm curious with you, has that ever come up even with surfing, right? Like I, I don't know if it is something for you or if this is just truly something I myself struggle with, but I'm sure somebody out there is kind of wondering the same thing, questioning the same thing. Like did any body struggles come up at this point or if not, and maybe it was something in the past, like how have you come to this place where you are comfortable enough with your body to like go out and do something like that. And you can feel at ease and at home enough to even relax enough to do something like that and not be in your head the entire time. I'm just curious what your experience with that has been. Totally. I think that's a really good question. I think, you know, growing up, like I said, in dance and growing up in the mirror all the time, like you definitely get used to seeing your body a lot and just kind of being comfortable with it in like a bunch of different like weird positions that maybe aren't traditionally like sexy or like going to like traditionally like quote unquote like look good but like you look fucking amazing because you're like dancing or you're on the pole and you're sexy as fuck I would say like okay so there was days I had to show up with like you we wear no clothes on the pole you wear literally no clothes because you need your skin to be like on the pole so that you can stick like you can't wear clothes like it's like you wear the tiniest little things that you can and you know I think I'm already so used to that being in Hawaii all the time and having you know um bikinis on like and just roaming around in that but there was a couple days that I showed up and definitely didn't feel my most confident self and definitely was like oh this is not feeling good but I think the really cool thing about 
doing anything that's challenging is that it immediately takes you out of your head and into your body and you can be present with your body rather than being in your mind and being in your headspace and judging what your body looks like and rather just truly focusing on what the moves feel like. So every single day that I went in and I maybe didn't feel my most sexy self, like most stoked, like I just like had a pad thai and I was like, I'm going to like throw up like I do not feel good right now. I was just like, okay, I'm going to get in the zone. And once I was like doing the tricks, focusing on the challenging aspects of, you know, the routine or whatever tricks that I was doing for the pole, I immediately was brought back into my body. And, you know, I think that's such a good metaphor for life because I feel like we can get so caught up here in our mind, in our headspace, constantly living like right up here, like our energy just will like live up here. And it's like, as soon as we can drop in and we can be in our body and not be focused on what our body looks like, but rather what it is doing for us. I feel like that is where my most empowered self lives because yeah, I'm all about the body neutrality. I think, you know, I love myself and I love the days that I feel sexy, but on the days that I don't feel sexy, I just try to give my body as little attention as possible in the mirror and just be like, I'm going to focus on what I feel like, what I can do. Can I move my body today? Can I go on a walk? Can I go, can I do a little hit workout real quick? Can I, can I dance? Can I get into my body? Because it is about the vessel that takes me from place to place. And it's the vessel that allows me to experience the joy of feeling strong on the pole, the joy of feeling free when I'm dancing, the joy of, you know, just feeling connected to my friends when I'm out. Like I get to be here because of my body. And I think I really choose to live with body neutrality, which is obviously easier said than done, but it is just like a practice and it is, you know, a constant choosing. And I've honestly been doing it before I even knew before I even knew what body neutrality was. Like, I feel like I was literally in middle school and, you know, a lot of, I, everyone is really caught up with their bodies and I just didn't pay much attention to it. Like, I was just like, I'm just not gonna, if I'm not feeling good, I'm not gonna like, I'm just gonna not pay attention. I'm just gonna go do something with my body that's going to ground me and make me feel strong and make me feel, feel powerful, you know? So even though it does come up, I think just getting present was really the key with the pole thing because I don't know it happens. We all show up yeah. on days and we don't feel, we don't feel good. I don't want to be in my tiny little shorts right now. <laughs> like, but I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm here and I'm strong. And like that, that is enough in this moment. No, but sure. again, easier said than done. Like it's so hard with that stuff, you know? Oh, it is. And that's why, you know, there's never going to be one thing that fixes, you know, there's not one phrase to say, one magical thing to fix somebody's problems with it. But I just do think it is like the more and more that you hear about A, how common this experience can be. It always helps to feel less alone in that. And then B, as you were saying in that, you know, what you were saying there it made me thinking of just like the idea of I've been practicing like reframing thoughts lately, redirecting focus, noticing like where am I getting stuck in my head and hyper-focusing on this one thing, which on those days could be my body and how I don't like it. And how can I redirect that focus to something else? How can I reframe that thought? Like just what can I do to shift in that way? And then as you were saying also like how to be grounded and present because so often like I just don't think we realize how much time we do spend in our head, like you said, and we're not actually feeling like present in our body and we're not listening to what our body is trying to tell us. And there's just so many avenues of health, health, health and wellness and life when it comes to kind of finding that balance between mind, body, spirit, energy. And 
yeah, I just, I think we, we just hold too much up in the head headspace. And I love that idea of like grounding and finding a physical way, or even if it's just like sitting intentionally sitting into meditation, whatever it is, like finding a way to ground down in those times. We love it. I think that's so needed. I think like even like for everyone to have an activity that takes them out of their mind and into their body to show their body their strength is so fucking important. Like whether that looks like swimming, whether that looks like rock climbing at the gym, whether that looks like going to a dance class that you've never been to before, whether that looks like taking a pole class, like whatever it may be. What if it's might be even going to like a fucking trampoline park? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to think for people, yeah. you know, obviously I live in the nature and stuff, but I'm trying to think of indoor things because it's winter. Um, but I'm like, if, if everyone just like, I just think to have something that you go do that is like literally just so present, like you can only be present in that moment. That is just such a powerful thing to go to and to turn to and to have because it shows your mind that you can get to that state and you can get to flow state even even when you're not in that activity or you're not in that mindset. It's like, okay, I know that's possible. Like I know now that that feeling for me not being in my head, I know that's a possibility, which I feel like sometimes with feeling grounded or feeling peaceful. Sometimes we don't even think we can get there because we don't even know what that is. So it's about finding the moments where we can practice getting in that headspace of feeling present. Because I, I know for me, before I started my journey, like the only times I was present was literally when I was like dancing or doing music or doing something that was creative and flow state. Besides that, I was constantly on the go. I was never present. I was always worrying about what my friends were thinking when we were hanging out or were they having fun? Like, or I was just like constantly thinking about, you know, what college I was going to get into and I needed to make sure my grades were perfect. Like I was just always thinking about something else except in those moments of flow state. So I think for me having something like that brought me back to the present always like helped so much and, and helped me practice for now being on my journey and, and, and getting into adulthood and being like, no, like I can be present there and that can show me that I can be present here, which is just like so cool. 100%. It's a it's a level of awareness that I think a lot of people slowly, slowly develop over time or you can really, you know, dive into it and progress it a bit more. But I am curious, you were mentioning like your journey and that was something I wanted to ask you about. Like, when did you start entering this entire world, you know, and like this realm of what we're talking and thinking about, right? Because I think you're in your... Young, late early 20s right I'm 23 right okay so yeah like I'm I'm 22 and I feel like it is it can be challenging at times to find others in this like age age of life that's like really open and willing to like talk about these types of things right and dive into everything we've even been discussing in the first 20 30 minutes here so like what first in, ignited that like purpose and passion to even dive into all this and to build that awareness and to just start doing the work and creating the content and sharing in the way that you do. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Also, first of all, like at some point, I really want to know your journey too. So we're going to have to <laughs> chit chat about that at another, at another point. I'm like, 100%. So I'm like, I want to know yours. Uh, you bringing that up. I'm like, okay, but what's yours? The podcast interviewer and me is like, but I need to know yours. Um, something more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically I started this journey through therapy. Um, maybe three years ago, like two and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Almost three years. And 
I started going to therapy because I I was angry. Honestly, I was really angry and just would throw tantrums, had no emotional regulations, would have outbursts at my boyfriend, at my parents, at the people close to me in my life, never my friends, but I would really just lose control. And, and I was just, I guess, tired of feeling that way and tired of feeling shitty about myself because I knew that wasn't who I am. Like I, it was so weird because I was just like always so sweet and like so positive, like but it was like I was holding on to that positivity and that sweetness for fucking dear life. And like once once it was out of the cage, like I would burst. And I just remember my boyfriend being like, Kayla, like you got to figure this shit out or we can't be together um, because he is more like feminine, nurturing energy. And I would say I'm more like the masculine go getter energy, entrepreneur, girly, um, where he is more like go with the flow. and. I just was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, you're right. So I started going to therapy. My friends recommended me this therapist and she was much more like holistic um, and spiritual. So she got me into reading The Untethered Soul. That was like my first assignment was reading that. And she would do body work on me. So like half the session we would chat and the other half I would go on the table and she would do body work with me. And that really transformed my life because I was really able to finally relax like I just realized I had never been in a meditative state like a hypnosis state I had never been actually relaxed enough to listen to myself because I was constantly like on the go wounded masculine energy constantly capitalism girly I just wanted to like be successful I wanted to get into the best colleges I wanted to make sure I had a good job and um, yeah, I left school, I left university, and I just like kind of started to slow down. And then that kind of led into my therapy journey. And with that, I kind of noticed that, you know, everything that I was learning about in all these books, these spiritual books I was reading went hand in hand with the psychology of the mind. And I just saw the intersection points. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, if I can understand the mind and the body and the psychology, the psychology behind it, and the evolutionary mind, and then I can also understand the energetic and universal perspective behind everything, I just like felt like I had the fucking gold. And it completely changed my life. I just realized like, I was angry because I was anxious and I was anxious because I was unfulfilled and I was unfulfilled because I was sad and I didn't want to face sadness. I didn't want to face hard emotions and I would do anything to avoid that. So I would put my <laughs> put my guard up and that's when the anger would come out to protect myself. And I just realized that wasn't OK. It wasn't OK to treat people like that. It wasn't OK to treat myself like that and do that to my body because literally like five minutes of anger takes what, like six hours to get out of your body or something fucking crazy like that. That's like not the exact stat, but like kind of close. And it's just like this energy stayed in my body. And I was just so stressed all the time, like constantly in fight or flight. And when I just started to relax and flow and let go of some of that anxiety and shift some of that anger, I was like, damn, this shit feels good. Like I feel more joyful, more peaceful. I feel more myself. I like more often. So that's kind of really where my journey began was just being like, okay, like this is amazing. And I know what feels amazing is educating myself about myself and knowing myself deeper and, and knowing what it means to be human and what it means to be a spiritual being. And I was like, damn, if other people knew this, I would be so cool too. <laughs> 
Uh, so that's kind of how I got into sharing. It wasn't really super intentional. Like I wasn't like, I'm gonna, I didn't have this like long-term five-year plan where it was like, I'm going to have a crazy top podcast and, and I'm going to like make money from social media. Like it wasn't that at all. I was more so just like, this is really cool. I would love like other people to know this. Um, so I would make like videos on TikTok and they were like me dancing where like, well, sharing the facts. <laughs> um, and then it kind of just transferred into me talking and I knew that's always what I wanted to do. Like I know from source and I know from the universe that like, like so many people have this gift, but I definitely think one of my gifts in life is like words and like my words are my medicine for the world. And I just like had that calling and I was like, I want to speak on all these things because they changed my life. And I wanted to change other people's. So that's kind of that's kind of the story of how it got there. That was kind of long, but yeah. Oh, no, that was perfect. And I was smiling the entire time. Uh, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And I, I also love straight off the bat. I swear every conversation I have like this, the untethered soul always comes up. <laughs> it's so good. I know the amount of episodes I've recorded in which that book is recommended, like Guys, if you're still listening, like if you have not read it by now, go fucking get it. Listen to it on audio. Like I act- I listened to it as an audiobook because it was hard. I have sometimes difficulty with like reading and taking in info that way, but listening to it, like I'd be out walking in nature listening to that book and my my world was just like blown fucking open. Like it was a it was a catalyst for so much to come. So, first off, go get that book if you're listening. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know that I could like be the observer. Like I just thought I was like a prisoner to my mind. Like I just thought that I couldn't get away from my thoughts and that my thoughts controlled me. And honestly, they still can. I'm going to own my fucking Mm -hmm. shit that like I can still fall like into victim mode and I can still fall into a place where I am letting my thoughts rule my life. And I just realized like I could be the observer, you know, and that's what that book taught me that just blew my mind. When I can, I can only imagine, especially with when it comes to that struggle and experience of experiencing anger and rage and just that constant fight or flight, which I think a lot of people can relate to that even more. So you can feel like enslaved to your mind and your thoughts, right? Because in your truest of hearts, like nobody wants to be angry, raging, like having these, you know, sort of like episodes and outbursts, like nobody truly wants that. And so in your, if you're like, but it just, it can just happen. Right. And it can overcome you. And I, I've had like similar issues and struggles that I've been working through for years now in that regard too. And it, it can be so freeing to realize, like to have that separation of thought and feeling emotion, like just to be able to like step aside and think aside and look inward. It just, oof, it just can change so much. So I love that, that, that was the the change for it. And I am curious because you were mentioning fight or flight and obviously like sort of retraining yourself, a big part of this work is going to be healing and regulating that nervous system, right? And I know you're passionate about this. So I would love if you can share your experience in that regard. It's something I've been diving into the last few months, especially, and trying to share little tidbits of advice and wisdom that I pick up along the way. But I would love to hear your experience um, and just how like understanding, working with, regulating your nervous system helped you in your own experience, right? This is from what you learned and from what you did, but I would love to dive into that um, if you're you're good with that. No, I am. Honestly, it kind of makes me emotional to think about um, 
honestly, I got really, really lucky in this current lifetime. I also believe in past lives and like that you can mm -hmm. carry things from past lives, but I didn't have as what like Gabby, Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if you ever listened to her work, but she has like, she refers to it as big T trauma. I didn't really have any like crazy big T trauma in this life, but we all have certain amounts of small T trauma that are just moments of neglect moments of, you know, just people, not sh your parents, not showing up for you, not helping you emotionally regulate um, just like little things, feeling excluded at school. Like these are like all little things that kind of like lead to this small T trauma. And I got really lucky and I didn't have any of this big T trauma. So when I first started my mental health journey, I was kind of just like, well, I don't have these big wounds of these terrible things happening to me. Like, I don't know why I am this way. And it would almost be kind of frustrating because I would be like my response, literally my response to the world is fight or flight. Like my response to the world was um, as of somebody who had big T trauma, my therapist would be like, we need to do hypnosis work. Like it really seems like your reaction to the world is as if somebody who had, you know, some really intense trauma in their life. And she's like, it could be past life, but also as I started to learn more on my own I just learned like so many of those small moments of just like neglect and loneliness and you know those small t moments I feel like they build up over time and eventually if that's like all that you know like even if it's small moments over and over again that also is going to create a very dysregulated nervous system so I basically because I think you know with uh, with a nervous system like if it were a really big T trauma, like a really big thing that happened in my life, the first thing that I would want to do is to make sure that I'm doing like EMDR therapy and hypnosis work around whatever that big T trauma is. So if anyone's listening, I would say regulating your nervous system is so important. But if you're not getting to the root of what is causing that, then, you know, it's going to be harder for you to move past it and move into a, a more healthy nervous system. So I just wanted to preference that. But I think that I got into nervous system regulation because I was like, damn, I've been on the go my whole life, like constantly people pleasing, constantly, you know, not having emotional regulation. I was I grew up in family where my parents love love the fuck out of me. Like they love me so much. But when I was like emotional and upset and angry and as a child is with tantrums, I'm I was literally a baby, a kid. Um, they would just kind of like throw me to the side. They would just like put me in my room, lock me in my room and be like, you figure it out yourself. Or if I was crying in the car, no one would ask me anything. My mom just says she would literally like, just let me cry it out, which, you know, at the time, that's what they knew what was best. But I had no idea how to regulate myself. I was like, can someone ask me questions? Like, I don't know what's going on. So for me, that is where my like dysregulation has come from a lot of the time is just not feeling like negative emotions are safe to feel at all. And that for me, plus like the perf like the perfectionism and need to be perfect and and want to like really um, show up for my family in the world and make sure that I can take care of my parents when they're old, like all, all these different things that have led me to perfectionism and people pleasing and and a lack of emotional regulation. So when I started learning about nervous system regulation, this shit changed my fucking life because I was like, whoa, like I don't have to just like do the work, like the inner work. Like I can also do the work on my body, which is like the coolest thing for me when I realized that you could hack your body to help your mind and help your soul. So 
Yeah. Should I just give like a little rundown? I don't know. Go for it. Yes. I love nervous system regulation. So I just did a lot of research because I was like, this shit is cool and it works. And I was just like, didn't know how to self-soothe. So that's kind of why I kind of started learning about this. So first of all, we have like two main systems, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Um, The parasympathetic nervous system is going to be our rest and our digest and our sympathetic is going to be our fight or flight. And basically what happens is we need both. Like we need both to survive. Like as humans, both mechanisms are meant to protect us. And that is the main main purpose of the mind of the ego of the brain is to literally survive and keep us alive so that's why we love familiarity we love to know how to predict things because as we know how to predict things we can keep ourselves safe so keep that in mind it is so so important to make sure that we know our mind's main mission is to keep us alive and to keep us in survival mode so what has happened is over time we've had these two systems that are supposed to live together in harmony. We're supposed to sometimes be in fight or flight so we can show up, get food for ourselves, action-based. We can make money and and we can survive in the world. And then we're supposed to be in the moments of rest and digest and making sure that we are able to calm our nervous system. But what has happened is within capitalism, we have created this very dysregulated pattern where everyone is constantly in fight or flight and the and and rarely do many people sit down and actually like relax and actually let their nervous system settle so what happens is it never settles and it constantly builds up this stress cycle so yeah it's it's really tough it's really tough cuz it's within the society society we were all raised in is to have this very go 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 all the time this wounded masculine and not give to the rest energy that is needed for all of us So there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, like cold showers, ice packs, like that will just instantly like help reset your nervous system. Breath work is also amazing for that. I love Wim Hof. I do Wim Hof almost every single day for my nervous system. And then even if in moments where I feel really stressed out, I'll just take a minute and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do some fucking breath work. I'm going to do my breath hold. And once you do that breath hold and you just try to relax as much as you can into the holding part, what happens is it helps reset your nervous system. Another tip and trick for your body is humming is really powerful. If you feel yourself on the urge of a panic attack, like just humming water is super important. We love water. Um, And then moving your body is so important because when you move your body, you get to complete the stress response cycle. And a really good book for that is burnout. I don't know if you read that book. Mm -hmm. Have you read it? No, I'm going to make a note burnout. You have to read Burnout. Oh my goodness. It is such an amazing book. It's about completing the stress response cycle and the fight or flight and making sure it doesn't build up and to get your heart rate up and to actually reach that like peak epitome point of that fight or flight. And then to feel that relaxation afterwards is what resets your nervous system. And what's happening is we're so stressed out all day long in fight or flight. And then we're sitting at our desks. And we're sitting still or we're sitting in our little box cars or lying on our bed watching TV, like whatever it is, we just aren't moving our body enough. And this doesn't even mean going on a walk. This means getting your heart rate up, because if you were like running from a lion, like the only way you would feel safe from the lion is if you like sprinted your ass off and like ran away, got your heart rate really up and then like felt that relaxation when you realized you were safe. 
So that's how you like complete the stress response cycle. So that is also super important. And then also if anyone's interested, you can look into like vagus nerve activation and you can do that through like massaging your face. Also like cold water, humming, all that happens. But if you even just like massage your neck, you can kind of activate your vagus nerve, which is going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system for your rest and digest. Yeah. So that's kind of like the crash course. That was a lot of information, but I love, yeah, you, you I broke think- it down beautifully. Like that is, I've, I've been slowly studying this and I did like a very minor breathwork certification course just to, just to dabble in it, you know, and just to start learning it. But even I still have time struggle at times to like put everything together and to really like find that fluid way of explaining it. So that was like beautiful. And I'm sure anyone listening, like that makes much more sense than when we hear all these like crazy, like psycho, like psychiatrists, like trying to explain it all. So I, I loved how you broke that down and then gave the examples for how we can like go in each one. And I think what you said about like completing that cycle is so important because this is what came to mind for me as you were speaking is that we, we can feel ourselves like worked up. Right. And we know we need rest, but all we do for rest is like, like you said, we then just like lay down and we're on social media or we play a video game or we watch TV or whatever it is. And so it feels like we're resting, but all we've actually done is just distracted ourselves while our nervous system is still like caught up in that cycle and that fight or flight. And so we're not actually like deactivating. We're not actually getting into rest and digest, which is where these practices can really come into play and why they can change things for you so 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 drastically but I had never thought to explain it that way so I'm so happy you did (laughs) honestly and you know like the thought that comes up for me is like relating it to like an orgasm like if you ever like don't hit the peak of orgasm like you're still sexually frustrated like Mm -hmm. you're still like you're like what the fuck like I didn't fucking orgasm but you were like going to it's like you don't hit that peak so you can't hit the relaxation that you get after the peak and it's like the same thing with your nervous system it's like if you can actually like hit that peak for a second of like even like starting to sob or cry, like crying is actually really good for your nervous system. If you can have that breaking point, then you'll feel the relaxation afterwards, which is really important. Also, if someone is sitting at their desk, like another really great one that they teach in burnout is you just like tense your muscles really tight everywhere you can, like squeeze everything, like squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And then you go and you just like relax your body. So that's something that you can do at your desk is you like squeeze your muscles really hard for like 10 seconds and then you allow your body to release. And that kind of gives that stress completion cycle for sure. But cold showers are my go to. Like if I feel like I'm on the verge of like freaking the fuck out, I will just be like, I shower. Let's go. Let's let's just do this thing, you know. Oh, truly. I, I took a like cold shower. I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't doing it for a while. My water here actually in Texas with it being so hot over the summer, I could never get it cold enough, but it's finally like cold enough now that the water's ice cold. And I took a cold shower the other day and I was like, this is amazing. I need to do this more often. I forgot how fucking amazing you feel afterwards. Like the clarity of not just like your mind, but you're just like your body, your energy. I'm just like, wow. I felt like a whole new person. And so I'm, I'm back on the cold shower train. (laughs) It's literally life-changing. Like it's, it's so good. And even things like singing or talking or hugging, like that all is going to calm your nervous system, physical affection and cuddles from somebody um, playing with your dog, like things like that. Like those are also going to calm your nervous system. And it's not about just doing it in the moments where you feel stressed. It's also about doing it every single day and making sure you're doing that constant work before it gets bad, you know, before, before you freak out, make sure that 
And like the number one thing is always going to be meditation. Like, and people don't want to hear that, but it is like the number one thing to calm your nervous system will always be daily meditation. And that is what is going to put in the work for, for the future you and always do it for future you, because that is the truest form of self-love and self-respect is showing up for yourself and doing what you need to do for yourself. Truly. And I, I think even when it comes to that, it's about finding the way that works for you. You know, like I'm I'm sure anyone listening by now, we have all heard that phrase of meditation so many times and we've heard it in so many ways, but it's like, have you actually tried in the many different ways, you know, like different lengths of times, different ways of sitting or laying down if you have to, to start or guided, unguided headphones, no headphones, maybe start with one while walking in nature, like whatever it is. I mean, I've tried so many different variations of meditation to find sort of like the flow that works best for me. And even then I change it up depending on the day, depending on where my mind and energy is at. I just find a way to create a meditative state and for myself, but it does look different every day or every couple of days, whatever it is. So I I did want to put that in there too, because I love that. Yeah. That can help take some pressure off, but I guess, so, oh, I just love all that. And I want to know though, um, I'm sure you share a lot of this with like TikTok and Instagram, everything as well. But if you had to give like three daily practices you do, or just like three things that are in your day, maybe not every day, but they're like pretty, pretty often happening. What would you share? Like, what would you direct people towards? What would you you know, just sort of put out there as like, hey, maybe give this a try. It might improve your life a bit. Totally. I'm actually like looking over at my habit tracker right now. Like I'm a habit tracker girly because some days you don't want to show it for yourself. Like, and I think people get confused. Like they see, you know, people like us who are just like doing, doing the work and sharing what works for them. And they just think that we want to do it all the time. And it's just like, (laughs) no, no. I don't like I don't wake up and I'm like, ah, I want to meditate today. Like I never wanted like rarely. I don't want to say never, but like I don't wake up and like feel that way. Like I wake up and want to like get my shit together and like start doing the things that I know I need to do for work or whatever it is. And that's why I think having a habit tracker is so fucking powerful because on my habit tracker, I have the things that make me love myself, make me show up for myself. Like I have eight habits I've created basically my own habit tracker whiteboard. Like I designed it and printed it myself because I'm an I love. (laughs) But I, I mean, I have eight things. I have movement, meditation, and breath work are one because I'm like, if I do one or the other, like that's okay. Like give myself options, like you said, like is really powerful, especially for ADHD brains. Mm -hmm. And then three, I have write or speak, which either can mean journal or can mean like prayer or just talking out loud or just like, asking for guidance, whatever it is. And then I have no alcohol because I was doing a little challenge. And then I have connection, which could be, you know, connection to yourself, connection to a partner, just genuine, authentic connection, inspired action, which is where I find myself doing a lot of my work things. And then no phone in the morning, which is probably my hardest one. Like all of them are like mostly checked off, like 75% of the time, but like the no phone in the morning is really tough for me for sure. I would say if I were to choose three, um, movement is my number one thing. Like to move your body, especially if you're somebody with a lot of energy, a lot of anxiety, um, 
that is really going to help you every single day because the chemical that gets produced from lactic acid is actually this amazing chemical that goes straight to your brain and it is more powerful than literally like I I listened to this whole doctor like this legit doctor talk about this on his podcast and I think his name's Chattery Dr. Chattery Um, he's amazing though and literally the chemical that's produced from lactic acid which you know lactic acid is something that we demonize because it makes us sore but it actually creates this chemical that goes to our brain that is stronger than any anti-anxiety medication any antidepressant medication and and the people that move constantly daily are the people that usually are like just more joyful in their life like it just creates the hormones that you need in your brain to live a more joyful and less stressful life so movement is always my number one even if that looks like a walk, even if that looks like yoga stretch, even if it looks like a hit workout just for myself in my yard, in my in my room, whatever it is. Um, and then meditation. I know that one's a tough one, but it doesn't have to be a 20 minute meditation. Like I'll set my timer for like two minutes and 22 seconds and I'll just be like, this is my meditation for the day. I can take two fucking minutes out of my day to just breathe, just focus on my breath. And then maybe once a week, I'll do like a long, like 30 minute meditation. But it's more so on the days that I want to do it on that one that I have like the time and I'm in that rest feminine energy. Um, and then it's also like journaling, like is so important. It's like so cliche that I'm like, damn, these are all the most cliche things, but they're cliche because they're, they're true and they work. And, and I think journaling is always going to be something that helps you sort out your subconscious and, to sit with yourself and to actually know yourself and to ask yourself questions. I mean, especially if you were neglected as a child with like emotional regulation or you just didn't get the attention you needed from school or teachers or your parents, or your family, whatever it is, it's like, give yourself that unmet need. Like your unmet need is like people maybe weren't curious about you and your feelings and your thoughts. And it's like, then be that person for yourself. So that's why journaling is really powerful. So although it's the most cliche things ever, it's meditate, movement, journaling. I'm sorry. Like, it's just they're they're the go-to. They're so good. No, I love it. And like you said, they're cliche for a reason. And it's because they work. And the reason I will always ask that question, and I love if people keep saying those answers, is because for me personally, it probably took hearing those three things hundreds of times until I finally decided, oh, maybe I should like journal and maybe I should meditate and uh, maybe I should like move my prioritize moving my body, you know, so it, it is repetition is key. And so I, I love that you said those three and I love the homemade habit tracker. I, I haven't been diagnosed, but I would bet my life that I have ADHD and I've realized that I need, I need listing and I need to check things off. And so every day I make a new to-do list and every day on my to-do list is meditate slash breathe because like you, I'll do either or there's some form of movement. Um, there's journal every single day. And then there's like two or three other things. And then my actual to-do list for the day. And every day I have the satisfaction of marking it off and seeing the repetition, knowing that I'm doing it day after day. But I love the idea of having like a whiteboard on my wall that I would actually see it. And it would take me away from being on my phone as much. So I might be, I might be doing something like that. (laughs) Honestly, the goal honestly is this week actually to figure out how I can like produce it in mass just because it was really expensive. Like it was, I would love to like produce it in mass because I, I really want to create like actionable products for people and 
that's been a really big thing on my platform is like I want to create resources that actually help people and I just know that this is a gold mine like literally even my boyfriend like he picked three I gave I have like 10 things on it and I have eight or oh I have seven actually yeah seven and he has three I gave him three spots on it I was like you can have the bottom half like the bottom part um and he even is like so motivated and he's like wow it feels so good to check these things off and his are literally like workout salt water because we live in Maui and then like breakfast and it's like that seemed like such simple things but like to feed yourself in the morning when you struggle with that is like so important and I'm so proud of him to like see how amazing he's done and 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 he feels so proud of himself too and it creates like dopamine like to check things off your list is like that's how they like the habit loop like you do something and then your reward is like seeing like how great you've done and like how proud of yourself you can be and that sometimes in itself is enough of a reward, you know, um, at least for me. And yeah, so definitely what when I do, if I have any prototypes, I'll like send them over like oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But I think that, yeah, to check things off is so important and so special um, and just really keeps you motivated. Oh, 100 percent. And last thing I'll say on this there will be days in which I'm just sort of feeling off and then I'll go to review my to-do list. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't uh, do my meditation slash breath work or journal and, you know, whatever else happened in my day. Like, it's just always curious too, to see like at the end of the day, kind of like how your day turned out, what you did, what you didn't do. So yeah, I don't know. Things like that can put a lot of things into focus, into perspective. So we love it. We we're here oh, I for love it. That. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love that you, like, I have like my habit tracker, but then I also have my like daily whiteboard to-do list and I usually put meditative movement on it. I think people think that their to-do list needs to be all their like work things. And it's like, no, because to do amazing in whatever career or space you want to do in, like you need to also take care of yourself. And that is part of everyone's job. I believe if they want to show up in the world the way that they want to show up and achieve the success and wealth they want to achieve, like it comes back to taking care of yourself and having the self-respect needed. Like, I don't know, last, last week's Jay Shetty podcast. I don't know if you listened to that one, but that one being like self, self-respect self is so fucking important. Like self-discipline and self-respect is just like so important for showing yourself that you love yourself. And it's going to get you to where you want to go, which is what I realized. But this whole journey, it was honestly, yes, it felt good to feel good on the inside. But also I saw everything opening up for me in my life. And it's just because of the work that I put in on my inner, on my inner worlds, you know, the outer world reflects that. Oh, a hundred percent. But I think we so often, yeah, we see the outer world as the means to an end and as the place to start. And so we put everything there and then we leave nothing for like that inner work and like the interchanges. And when in reality, like actual progress, actual results comes from the flip-flop of that. When you're focusing inward, the outer stuff changes. So well, you're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Where can people connect, find more, be on the lookout for products, whatever you're doing? Like I just, like I said, we're newly connected and I'm already like head over heels. You're amazing. So where can they find the podcast? Where can they find you? Follow along. All the good things. First of all, I just want to say, Emily, you are fucking amazing. Like literally, first of all, your smile just like lights up the oh. whole thing, the whole room. Like you don't even have to be here in Maui and you're lighting up my whole space with your aura. I swear to fucking God, like you are just wonderful. Like 
I, I love your energy and I can totally see why you and, and Hannah are friends. Like, I feel like you guys honestly give me kind of like similar vibes almost like to an extent, like in the best, like in the best way possible. Like, I, I don't know. You're amazing. And thank you so much for having me on um, to find me. I think a really good like follow up episode for this uh, for this episode would be an episode on my podcast, Skinny Dipping skinny dipping like strip down and dive in on conversation skinny dipping um would be navigate your nervous system to change your life and maybe it was like seven episodes ago that's like a guess but navigate your nervous system to change your life on skinny dipping i feel like would be a really good follow-up episode for this podcast if you want to learn more about the nervous system regulation like we were talking about i feel like that would be really cool and just in general, you can get started on listening to my podcast, which is Skinny Dipping, where we learn about the mind, the body, and the soul in order to create actionable change in our lives rather than just theoretical change in our lives, which both is great, but we love the action-based learning and education. And then I'm Sunday's KK on all platforms, Kayla Rose. My name is spelled K-E-L-A. I'm sure you'll see on this, but um, yeah, you can find me Sunday's KK, like when you're when you're in the sun and you're really tired, but you're happy, like that kind of energy. Uh, and I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. On Instagram, I post a lot of my life. Um, and TikTok, I post a lot of information, education-based things. And then right now I have an amazing new product that I actually just released. And it is a shadow workbook. And it has like six amazing, unique journal, like guided, guided journal things. It's not like journal prompts, but they're like guided. It's like a guided journal, basically. Um, and the six different prompts are everything from, you know, manifestation release to stepping into your power. Um, and th there's literally like, there's such cool techniques that actually work to guide you through whatever process you need to go through. There's a priorities one, there's um, one to do when you're in overwhelm, whatever it is, whatever you need. Plus, there's like 30 days worth of unique journal prompts that you can do in your own journal. And it also explains what shadow work is and how to get into it. And yeah, it's and it's affordable and it's accessible and it's online. So maybe that'll be linked here. That'll be linked on all my things, whatever flows. And that's kind of what I have going on right now. But I think the best thing would be to just like go over to the podcast and listen to the nervous system one, because then you get to hear like who I am on my on my on my show and stuff. And my podcast is the vessel for everything that I want to create on every other social media platform. Like I'm like, the podcast is my baby. This is what I want to do. And um, everything else is just kind of like the funnel for that because the podcast is the world that I want to be in for sure.